Hey everyone, you're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and we are selling Sacramento. On today's show, we have breaking real estate news you can certainly use. So much going on, so many things coming down the tunnel, the funnel, whatever you want to call it. On today's show, I am I have a stack of news, just a stack of real estate news. And hopefully I get through it all, but I definitely want to make you all aware of these things that are coming down the pipeline. So I think it was a it's been a couple of weeks now since I had shared that I would compile a list of affordable housing and or affordable housing resources and then um, attach that as a link to my website. Did not realize the task that I was taking on, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's a, it's a pretty daunting task. Well, the list is ready. It's not up on the website yet, but for all of you who have emailed me, check your emails this morning around 7 a.m. You got an email from me between seven and eight where I was apologizing and attached the list and sent it off to you. So charge it to my busy schedule, my head, and not my heart. The intention was to put together a list that you could actually use, and it is done. And it's actually, I'm going to call it a living document because I'm sure that I'll find more information and add more information to the list as I um, search Sacramento. And if any of you out there who are listening or watching know of any resources that are not on the list, feel free to shoot the information over to me so that we can share it with everyone else, because that's what we do here. We share information, each one reach one so we can teach one and lift each other up. So if you send me an email at agentkey007 at gmail.com and request the list, I'll shoot it off to you, A-G-E-N-T-K-E-E-007 at gmail.com, or go to my website at A-G-E-N-T-K-E-E.com, agentkey.com, and click on the contact me button. Let me know that you're requesting that list. I will shoot it over to you. Eventually, and hopefully within the next week, it will be up on my site where there will be a tab in place. You can click on the tab and download the document. On the document, I'll just give you a heads up of some types of some of the type of information that you'll find in the document. Homeless shelter information, housing information, senior housing information, um, links to the emergency family shelter reservation list information if you don't have access to a computer different um, sites you can go to different locations and in, in and around sacramento central sacramento north sac east sac south sac where you can go into a department of housing assistance office use their computers and access all of this information in the event you don't have access to a computer if there is a um, department of housing dha office around 
you can go to that office and they will help you. They will allow you to utilize their computers to get to all of this information. There are all of the links to all of SHA, SHRA's housing uh, information on there, affordable rental housing, the housing choice voucher program, public housing program, uh, additional homelessness and housing resource information, um, gosh, veterans affairs information on this document, a an organization called CADA who provides affordable apartments, um, assistance for youth, assistance for disabled individuals, and then several service provider information like Turning Point, Transforming Lives, Well Space, well Space Health, Cares Community Health, the list goes on and on and on. I want to make it, uh, it's not an exhaustive list. I'll, I'll tell you that. And actually on each page, it says, please note, this list is not meant to be exhaustive. There's information on here about housing opportunities for persons with AIDS and HIV. And at towards the bottom of the list, there is also information about home ownership opportunities and resources. So there's information on there for the Habit, Habitat for Humanity program. And they are, um, the Habitat for Humanity is with greater, they, they're called the Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sacramento. And they're a collaborative effort among their staff, families, and community volunteers and sponsors to improve the quality of life for families in need in the greater Sacramento area. And their mission of the Homeowner Services Department is to maintain these partnerships by recruiting, educating, and supporting deserving families for home ownership. And they just closed the application process where they, I believe, were getting, they were building either 12 or 15 homes, somewhere like there. And they had over either 500 or 5,000 applications. What they do is they qualify you through their process. You, you complete an application. When you qualify, you actually participate with the hands-on part of constructing your own home. So you get in there and you do some of the labor towards helping you build your home. And if you drive down Power End Road, and I believe it's between Elder Creek and Florin Road, there is a brick and gray wall that divides Power End Road from one of the Habitat for Humanity projects where they are actually building housing, where people are getting in there and you're getting this affordable housing at this great rate, at this very low cost, because you are actually helping them build this home as well. And you make a certain amount of money that doesn't exceed their income limits with, in order for you to qualify for the program. So that information is on there as well. You want to be paying close attention to that project uh, when, when that door opens up because it's only a window of time. And with all of the resources that they receive, this has been a, a, a project of theirs for, this is their reason for existing. They even do a, a program, I believe it's annually, where they select certain homes and will go around and improve them. I had an aunt whose house was selected when they did this in the Mac Road area several years ago, maybe five, seven, no, it was even longer than that. Maybe seven years ago, they did this in the Mac Road area. And my aunt's home was one of the homes that was selected. And it also coincidentally was one of the years that I volunteered 
to assist with this project, but they will go in and redo your landscape. They'll, they'll re-roof your home. They will re-fence your home. They'll go in and make improvements. Whatever it is happen, happening in your home where it's dilapidating, if you get selected for this program, they'll go in and improve your program during this time of the year. So go to the Habitat for Humanity website and see, just take a look at all of the exciting things that they have going on with regard to housing, whether it's home ownership that you're interested in, or if you're disabled or in a situation where you need their assistance, that information is available for you through Habitat for Humanity. Also on that page, on this document, is the Community Home Ownership Initiative. And that is a, a combination, um, an effort with the Sacramento Housing and Redevelopment Agency. Uh, and in, uh, what am I saying? They're doing it in conjunction. That's what I'm <laughs> trying to say. Doing it in conjunction with the Federal Home Loan Bank of San Francisco, the Sacramento Realtist Association, and MUFG Union Bank. And this initiative, is launched to design and designed to raise awareness and dispel the myths of purchasing a home in the greater Sacramento region. The Community Homeownership Initiative Program, it is a partnership between the individuals that I just stated. And while it's open to anyone, it's an effort that provides expanded outreach to increase the homeownership rate in the greater Sacramento region for African-American prospective home buyers. And again, it's open to anyone, but the intent is to make that change. We all know. And, you know, it's it's time out for, for the politically correctness stuff. Can we just put the, the phrase politically correct in the past? Can we just say that we don't care about being politically correct? I, I never did, but, you know, apparently other people have. However... If we put that phrase politically correct behind us, then we need to start dealing with things at face value. When we look at the stats for for when we're looking at financial stats, things from an economic perspective, whether it's on the city, state or local levels, African-Americans, black people, people of African descent, are always, not typically or sometimes, always dosty, always at the bottom. And when we look at stats, when it's dealing with crime, incarceration, um, the, the basic needs in a negative or, or things that are happening in a negative, those, when we talk about crime and we talk about drugs and we talk about incarceration and we talk about the lack of education, these are all instruments that were, that our government at one point in history used to ensure we did not have access to or had access to in the negative, i.e. drugs, prison, um, alcohol, you know, the, the, the 
liquor stores that are very prevalent in our neighborhoods. What was that? Gun shops. Oh, no, no, we don't have the gun shops in our neighborhood. We just got the gun dealers because we don't, you know, because you got to be licensed and all of that. And so not not the gun shops, but yeah, street gun. There you go. The street guns we have. Yeah. We're not, we're not building. I know now I personally know a couple of people that can build a gun, but that's on another level. But, you know, Tyrone and them ain't building guns. Them guns, they getting those guns from somewhere else. Same thing with the drugs. These are things that were intentionally placed into inner city neighborhoods, allowed to, allowed to enter with the intent of decimating a group of people. Can we just be honest about that? And I'm these we aren't saying these things to place blame. We're saying these things because when you shed light on a situation, it's no longer in the dark and you now have to deal with it. We need to continue to shed light on these situations, deal with it. Nobody's saying you did it and you need to be punished. We're saying as a result of these things that have happened, there have been a group of people who have been left behind financially, mentally, socially, and need more than just a hand up. We need to change some policies in a big way, the same way that policies were written to prevent Blacks from becoming economically self-sustaining. We need to create policies that allow Blacks to become economically self-sustaining without people hollering, oh, that's reverse racism. What the blazing fiddlesticks do you think it was when it happened? Somebody tell me. What was it when it happened? That was that was a pause for effect, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. So you know what? I need to take a break. But when we come back, I, I will be off of my my horse here because I just got all off. Y'all know I'm passionate about this. We are we are. So I I gotta say congratulations to Governor Gavin Newsom. He's still in his seat. Yay! I was so scared, so scared. Now, you all know, if you listen to me for any amount of time, I am not a Democrat. I am not a Republican. I am an independent, but I was not wanting to see Larry Elder. Call me if you want. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of my own and are not those of 97.5 FM KDEE. But I'm sure, I'm sure they agree. <laughs> anyway, we need to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to finish with more real estate news. You can use your listening to Selling Sacramento on 97.5 FM, KDEE. I am Agent Key, and we'll be right back. Agent Key. Agent Key. Hey everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and we are sharing today 
breaking real estate news you can certainly use. I started off the show by letting you know that the housing resources list that I said I was going to create two weeks ago is finally done. It's up and running. And if you'd like a copy of it, go to my website at agentkey.com, A-G-E-N-T-K-E-E.com. Send me a message. I believe there's a link on there that says contact me or contact key. And let me know that you'd like that housing resources information. It has information on there about affordable housing, homelessness, vets, teenagers, HIV, VA, everything. So send me a request and I will forward that information to you promptly this time because it is completed and it is not an exhaustive list. It is a living document and we will be adding to that as I receive more information and more resources. We just want to make sure that we have that information available in one spot that you can access. And thank you to everyone who's watching online right now on Facebook and YouTube. I see you all, Miss Denise, Miss Shirley, Miss Tara, and there's more folks. Y'all say hi in the chat. Ask me any questions. Now I want to get back to this information, this breaking news that you can use. Fannie Mae, helping renters unlock the door to home ownership. And let me tell you how. Fannie Mae is now allowing renters to be able to use their rental history to help them qualify for mortgage loans. Yeah, yeah. That, there was a time when uh, just last month that wasn't possible. And it actually is going to go into effect on September 18th in three more days. So if you're a renter and you've been renting for a long time, Prior to this, you were not able to use your rental history. They didn't count it. Um, and now they actually are. And so I want to read for you an article straight from Fannie Mae's CEO, Hugh, and I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name. It's F-R-A-T-E-R. -E is that Frater or Freighter? Hugh Freighter. So here is what Hugh is saying about this. Hugh says, Owning a home has long been one of the most effective ways to build wealth. But for many lower income renters, especially for black families and other people of color, the leap from renting to owning can seem nearly impossible. For many, one of the biggest obstacles to qualifying for a mortgage is insufficient credit history. Today, Fannie Mae is taking an important step forward to change that. They're making groundbreaking a groundbreaking update to their automated mortgage underwriting system, desktop underwriter. And this allows lenders to consider a history of recurring rent payments in assessing eligibility. It seems obvious that if someone's paying rent consistently, it's likely they could and would pay their mortgage consistently too, right? No brainer. Yet we believe this will be the first time any large scale automated mortgage underwriting system will leverage electronic bank statement data to consider positive rent payment history. This is one important step in correcting housing inequities and encouraging the housing system to develop new ways to serve all of society safely and fairly. I wanna stop right there and I wanna make a point. Did y'all hear what Hugh, the CEO of Fannie Mae, just said. 
he said this is one important step in correcting housing inequities and encouraging the housing system to develop new ways to serve all of society safely and fairly. Guess what Hugh just did right there? He acknowledged that some stuff went down. I almost said something. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I would. He acknowledged that something went down that was not right. It's not politically correct for him to do that, right? That's what we would say once upon a time. But I'm saying that to say it is. Time out for being politically correct. Time to just correct everything. So let me finish reading this. While credit history is a key element in evaluating a borrower's ability to make a mortgage payment, building credit in the United States is not an equitable endeavor. He's he digging in. Most ways to establish credit involve student loans, credit cards, or parental co-signers. But people of color are statistically less likely to use these forms of credit to manage their financial lives. As a result, people of color are disproportionately represented among the 20% of the U.S. population having little to no established credit history. Our National Housing Survey found that Black consumers identify insufficient credit score or credit history as their single biggest obstacle to getting a mortgage and do so at a much higher rate than white consumers, 29% to 18%. For many households, rent is the single largest monthly expense. That is for sure. There's absolutely no reason timely payment of monthly housing expenses shouldn't be included in underwriting calculations. With this update, Fannie Mae is taking another step toward understanding how rental payments can more broadly be included in a credit assessment, providing an additional opportunity for renters to achieve the dream of sustainable homeownership. That was a comment by FHFA Acting Director Sandra L. Thompson, that last paragraph. So finishing in Hugh's uh, post, he says, we decided to tackle this challenge through the lens of innovation. Innovation. Now, now I'm, I'm adding something on right here. This is me. This is not him speaking. I'm just pointing out these phrases and these key things that he's saying to help you all understand that we are, the world is changing. The world that we once lived in that was normal, whatever once was normal, COVID has exposed so much and we are not going back. I refuse to go back. Innovation is happening and we need to grab a hold of it not be afraid of change. So much in my life has changed just in these past few months, but I am strapped in. I'm holding on to my faith and to the Lord, and I'm going forward because I know that if anything fails me, God won't. And I see the change. I've, al I've always been um, very um, blessed with the fact that I'm a huge risk taker and I have this, I have this gift of faith and I'm not boasting, 
But I learned at a young age that a lot of people are very careful and they count the cost so much that they end up doing nothing. And in a lot of decisions, it's necessary to count the costs. But many times I just bulldoze forward. Yes, a leap of faith. I digressed, y'all. I digressed. I really digressed. But the main thing that I'm saying here is that things are changing. And Hugh is even saying it in this article. They're being innovative over there at, F at Fannie Mae. Starting September 18th, Fannie Mae will enable lenders with the borrower's permission to use bank account data. Now listen to this. So if you are considering home ownership and you're renting, if you are paying your rent through your bank account, they're going to be able to use that to help qualify you for a mortgage loan. So in the event your credit score may not be all there, in the event there's some other factors weighing against you, but you pay your rent on time, it is going to help you, actually help you. This is great news. This technology innovation is a win-win for renters looking to own a home, Hugh says. He says that is there is no way it can hurt their credit score and it will only be used to help eligible home buyers qualify for mortgage credit. Any records of missed or inconsistent rent payments identified in the bank account data and not already reflected on the applicant's credit report won't negatively affect their ability to qualify. So what is that saying? Maybe one or two months you didn't pay on time or you paid you know, on the 11th or the 12th instead of at the beginning of the month. That won't hurt you. They're only looking at the things you did well that are going to help your mortgage application. So to continue in this article, it says, what could this change mean? In a recent sample of applicants who had not owned a home in the past three years and did not receive a favorable recommendation through desktop underwriter, 17% could have received an approved eligible recommendation if their rental payment history had been considered. That's a huge number, ladies and gentlemen. 17% in the past three years, if they had used this process, could have been approved eligible. And so he continues, we will do all we can to help lenders and consumers take advantage of this positive change to DU. Today, the rate of black home ownership is roughly 30 percentage points lower than for white households, which translates to almost 4.7 million fewer homeowners. This gap has stood firm since the early 1900s. 100 years later, that gap is still there. Think about what that really means. All of the efforts, all of the laws that have been passed, all of the money that's been thrown at black and brown communities, minority communities, has not moved the needle. The foundation in which this process sits has to be broken up and dismantled it's the foundation we it's like putting a band-aid on a broken arm 
when that broken arm heals and you're using that arm and and you're and you're just kind of dressing it in something different it's still a broken arm in order to make that arm useful you've got to break it again and reset it and that's what we've got to do with these systems that are that have been created we've got to admit that they were created in a way to disarm and disenfranchise black people that's what we first have to do and once we admit that they were created in a way to disenfranchise we then need to break them and become innovative in how we come up with a correct, equitable, and fair system. I don't want to say create the program again. We want to straight, we want to get far, far away from anything that resembles what's been holding up the U.S. for these past 200 years. We've got to break these systems apart and allow fresh and innovative ideas enter and recreate and not be afraid as we are recreating. It stems in part from historically racist government policies that disadvantaged black Americans and stimmied their ability to build wealth and economic stability. Again, this is the CEO of Fannie Mae. <laughs> these aren't my words. I'm kind of throwing in some stuff, but these are his words. It has been estimated that if home ownership rates were the same for all races, the wealth gap between black and white families would be reduced by 31%. Who doesn't want fairness? Who out there really doesn't want fairness? I've been involved in Facebook um, discussions and in, in these real estate Facebook groups. I, I, I almost... I almost did a screenshot of one conversation and was going to talk about it on air and tell y'all word for word what some of these people were saying. Some of these real estate agents, some of these real estate professionals, individuals who are serving you, who, who, who are licensed to be fair and equitable. They were not being so fair and equitable in these discussions. And it wasn't a handful. It was a lot. And it was individuals who the individuals who were commenting, saying these things had 20, 30 likes by other individuals who didn't have the words to say, but said, you know what? You just said something that I agree with. And then you all know that just because somebody doesn't like something or post something doesn't mean that they don't agree. It just means that, you know, they're watching and they nodding their head like, mm-hmm, but I'm not going to mark that. So what are you saying, Keisha? What I'm saying is that real estate professionals are still the gatekeepers preventing homeownership opportunities for the black and brown community. They are still standing in the way. They are the ones who have the ear of the homeowners who are majority white. Let's have these real conversations. They are the ones who have these biases, who get in these Facebook groups and they say what they really feel. 
when they see that there's a $22,000 grant program targeted to Blacks for down payment assistance by SHRA, they say, oh, they holler reverse discrimination. They don't acknowledge the discrimination that occurred that put us in the situation to where we now need programs like that. Not acknowledging that at all, because guess what? That was in the past. And there are fair housing laws now that change all that, and that shouldn't happen. Well, dagnabbit, take a look in the mirror, because you are part of the problem. You are part of the problem. You and your seller, the biases that you hold. If you really were looking into being fair, when an offer comes across your table and your seller has the ability to choose, it's not first come first, the first offer. The law doesn't say that the seller has to accept the first offer they receive that meets their asking price. God forbid some type of technology like that pop up where all we got to do is be the first one to submit the offer at the price they want and we get it. That would be too fair and equitable. That would be too close to fair and equitable. But what they get to do, they get to say when they're going to even look at the offers, let alone when they're going to respond. They don't even have to respond to you. They should, as a general business etiquette, if your offer is not accepted, guess what? You get you probably get an email or a phone call from an agent saying, sorry, we went with another offer. No explanation. They don't have to give you one. How many times do you think, and I I, I, I was going to say I hate to pay, play devil's advocate, but I'm we're keeping it real. We're keeping it real this afternoon. How many times do you think Someone's offer may not have been accepted because the sellers knew their ethnicity. How can you tell someone's ethnicity by their offer, Keisha? Well, Shalonda Johnson, let me tell you how. <laughs> right? We have some very distinct names often times. Or maybe the sellers ran into them. I just saw an article the other day where a neighbor called the police on a buyer's agent and the buyers because they thought they were in the house stealing something. The buyer was just there to show they, they were going through the inspection process in a house they were in escrow on. And the neighbor called the police there was an inspection vehicle in front of the home with the inspection company on the vehicle. But the neighbor called the police. How embarrassing is that? How degrading is that? It, you know, is that a Karen? Yeah, that, that neighbor is a Karen. Y'all know what the term Karen means, but that is, that, that is a part of the biases that are ingrained that 
the white community needs to acknowledge that you need to acknowledge that just because you see a black person, you, you, you got to take a moment and say, what kind of biases do I have towards black people that I don't realize that I might be using that may hurt them because of the liberties that I have that I don't realize I have that they don't or, or something that I do could then disrupt the liberties that they have. You've got to really ask those questions because it gets in the way. So Fannie Mae is committed to doing all that they can to address these inequities. This change demonstrates the potential of using technology and data to remove systemic barriers to mortgage finance. It's one step toward creating a better, fairer housing market for everyone. Whew. Okay, so I said I had a lot of, I do have a lot, but if I keep getting all heated and bothered as I'm going through the news, we ain't gonna get through but two or three of these. Okay, so I gotta pull back. <laughs> we, we are now down to like, I think I got to take a break in a few minutes. Let me see if I can get through one more before we take a break. Okay. Oh, shoot. <laughs> the next one up is appraisal biases. Fiddlesticks. Okay. So news media reports are alleging racial bias in home appraisals. Or let me start this again. News media reports alleging racial bias in home appraisals have turned a spotlight on the appraisal process in the mortgage industry. Fannie Mae is committed once again to racial equity in housing, and they take these allegations very seriously, they say. As one of the largest consumers of residential appraisals in the United States, they are, they, have asked themselves whether they are doing all they can to identify and help prevent it. Their long-standing policy explicitly states that unacceptable appraisal practices include development of evaluation conclusion based on factors that local, state, or federal laws designate as discriminatory and thus are prohibited. They additionally state that it is unacceptable for an appraiser to develop a valuation conclusion based either partially or completely on the sex, race, color, religion, handicap, disability, national origin, or familial status or other protected classes of either the prospective owners or occupants of the subject property or the present owners or occupants of the properties in the vicinity of the subject property. That's a mouthful. To help their lender partners identify potential issues, here's what they are doing, which could include bias, they say, not my words, theirs, which could include bias. They are providing their collateral underwriter tool to support research and analysis. It has a robust set of risk flags and messages, including triggers for potential overvaluation risk, appraisal quality risk, and property eligibility risk. They routinely, this, this system routinely undergoes fair lending reviews by their fair lending team 
and they hope to enhance collateral underwriter in 2022 with a new message for undervaluation risk that will help lenders address potential bias issues early in the process. I would love to have someone from Fannie Mae on the show to dive into that a little bit more. When we come back from the break, I will only have a few more minutes to talk. <laughs> so I'm going to share briefly when we come back from the break, at least two more pieces of news because they're more local. And um, try to talk a little bit more about this. I, I don't know. We'll see what we can do. The faster I get to the break right now and come back, the more time I'll have. <laughs> You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I'm Agent Key, and we'll be right back. Agent Key. Everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM. While we were off air, we were on taking some phone calls. And so I'm going to chat about reverse racism in a moment. But we have Miss Myrna on the call, who is a mortgage broker. And Miss Myrna was talking about her experience with the Black community and mortgages. Miss Myrna, can you continue with that? Can we hear her? Did she disappear? Miss Myrna, are you still there? I'm not hearing her through the headset. Oh, oh, oh there you are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that in transactions, Mm-hmm. 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 Right, the silent second. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that in your transactions that you were having problems with with the your African American clients that they were filing a com complaints against you? Threatening your license. Well, that is unfortunate. So I you know, I, so for those of you who are Miss Miss Myrna, I'm sorry, I do have to to cut you short. Thank you for calling, but um, I just want to talk a little bit more about what she's talking about, and that is unfortunate that that happens. Miss Myrna called, and for those of you who are watching on social media and you can't hear, she's saying she's um, been she's a very seasoned mortgage broker, and she was sharing about her experience with uh, representing. The client base that she did who, who was african-american and it sounds like she had some individuals who pursued her license in a negative way to, to have it revoked because they were having bad lending experiences and so we don't have all of the facts on what happened so we can't really talk about that that's really unfortunate that that happened and um 
I, I can only say that the experiences that um, Blacks are having with mortgages is one of the reasons why FHA is saying, you know, they're trying to do certain things about it now because it's it's literally written to make sure that Blacks don't get mortgages. It's, it's literally written that way. And so the reverse discrimination, we had another caller call in and ask for me to define reverse discrimination. So first I wanna give you the, he asked me to talk about reverse discrimination. I wanna give you the definition. So the definition of reverse discrimination, it says, in the context of the allocation of resources or employment, the practice or policy of favoring individuals belonging to groups known to have been discriminated against previously. So one of the biggest um, social instances that I can recall, just the one that pops in my head, you know, reverse discrimination, EEO, um, what, what was that? Actually, I'm trying to think the name of it. In college, when you, when they were, when they're accepting college applications, if y'all are watching on Facebook and you can remember the term I'm trying to use, individuals who apply for college and they accept college applicants who are African-American over other applicants. There was, there was a, a process and a time and a phrase for that. That's something that that's coming to mind when that happened. And um, people were screaming that that was reverse discrimination and because there were groups that were being favored. Black applicants were being favored. And I believe that some colleges are still doing it. I want to say it's either Harvard or Stanford or maybe both of them. Affirmative action. Thank you, Miss Karen. Affirmative action. I got some smart viewers, y'all. They they own it. Um, yeah, so through affirmative action, they were allowing, and uh, rightly so, <laughs> rightly so, what what it was being viewed it, viewed as is that if you are black and applying, you get to it get to get in. But that is not really what was happening. You couldn't just be black and apply. You had to qualify to apply. So these were qualified college applicants who were applying for college who under normal segregated circumstances, circumstances that were initially set up to keep them out. And now there's a disruptor affirmative action that's allowing them in. So that is an example of reverse discrimination. And I hope the caller, um, I hope that helped answer your question. In real estate, you know, it, it's, the, it's the same thing when we look at, at things like the grant programs that are targeted towards minority African-American communities, down payment assistance programs. This is another way where sellers can discriminate because if you're submitting an offer and it's got an FHA loan, a lot of individuals who apply for FHA loans or down payment assistance programs are what? African-Americans. So if you see DPA or down payment assistance on the offer and you got this other offer that's conventional, of course, if we're talking about it in financial terms, conventional or all cash, 
you, we say it wins out every day because who wants to deal with an FHA loan? You know, but that is just a bias. That's the way that it's being presented once again by the gatekeeper, the agent to their client. I have clients that accept FHA offers. You can write a strong FHA offer. You can have a down payment assistance program with a conventional loan. So just because someone is getting down payment assistance doesn't mean that that transaction is not going to go smoothly. But that is the way it's being conveyed to their clients by their agent. And that has to stop. If we're if, and here's why they justify it. Oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, it's how much money the seller wants to make. It's all about how much money the seller wants to make. And so if we've got these boundaries and stipulations wrapped around these mortgage products, and then we've got these biases, there's the reason why we're not getting blacks into homes. We've got to darn near control the inventory and create it or create our own inventory, hint, hint, in order to increase black home ownership. We've got to either create a new vehicle, hint, hint, or create our own inventory. We've got to be the builder. We've got to be the developer. We've got to be the brokers. We've got to be the title companies. In order to remove the biases that will then allow a real significant increase in black home ownership. Those are, the, those are the tough things. Those are the disruptors that need to happen in this industry. Dagnabbit. It is 156. It is. <laughs> Could you please go talk to the station manager and ask him to give me one more hour? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just, look, oh my God, y'all. Dosi was getting up to do it. I love him. He was getting up to go talk to the station manager for me, y'all. I'm going to have to do a part two. I'm going to have to do a part two. We'll come back next week with more news from my, from the bag. And I, I promise to try. I'm not going to make that promise. I will try to stay on target with all of the information that I need to share. But it will still be hot and ready for you all next Wednesday. Tune in. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key. And remember, if you are doing what you were created to do, I will see you at the top.